We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome to issue 593, yes, of Geek in the City of Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Pinarita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, nerds? Apart from you now, Cable, making me think of First Contact all the time. Yeah, I do that to you. Well, as in like right now, at this moment, you know. Uh. <laughs> I am doing well in spite of anything else that's going on in the world. I'm doing I'm doing all right. Um, that's that's about all we can ask for, I yep. think. Uh, I got my second shot today. Yay! So that's cool. Gig in the city radio, fully vaccinated. Oh Not no, wait, you still have you do still need your second. I forgot. Mine's about that. mine's Monday. Mm. All right, we're almost there. We'll, we can say it next week. Mm-hmm. Not yet. That's, right, that's my favorite. That's the best part of Die Hard 2, which is a weird segue. When, the, when that general thinks he's gotten away with it, and like they land the plane in Dulles, and he sticks his head out and goes, ah, freedom. And Bruce Willis punches him in the face, and he says, not yet. And it's good delivery. That's all. That was William Sadler, wasn't it? Wasn't he the bad he's guy the, in that? He's one of the bad guys. Sadler is the one who's put together the the evil special forces pretending to be good to rescue like the central american dictator right right yeah because he stands up to communists blah 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 blah. even though yeah 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 Yeah. tell you what i was doing good uh today (sighs) got got active i did some pottery for the first time in like almost two weeks yeah nice Yeah. yeah i was making some cute stuff for my mom and then i heard the news well, Which now I'm feeling very mixed about. Yeah, that's fair. We went for a good walk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I got outside. I enjoyed some some sunshine, which you know normally I hate. Right. And uh, did a good brisk walk. Had some Lebanese food. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Full disclosure: Denise and I go on old people walks every Tuesday. Like the young folks are having a nice, heavy jog, and we're like, okay, let's slow down a little. No, I'm not allowed to run anymore. Doctor said. 
Oh man. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's probably not it, a good it's, thing. It's not recommended because my joints are so bad. Um, they want me to like go swimming to like still get exercise in my legs. Yeah. And like keep um, my joints mm-hmm. lubricated with motion, with movement and use. Like, where the fuck am I going to get a pool? I don't know. I have to go to your fucking stupid hospital for free health care. Where, where am I getting a pool? <laughs> That's not true. I love the VA. Yeah, we have a good VA here, don't we? I've always heard it's a really good one. It's one of the best in the country. And yeah. they are they are the reason that I and soon my husband will both be fully vaccinated. Nice. What you got to do is find out is you have to get your doctor to say that you need like a pool or like one of those swimming jacuzzis for a medical necessity. And then insurance covers most of it. Oh, the kind that's big enough for you to just sort of like dog paddle. Yeah, well, they make those hold on to a bar and just, you know. Yeah, kick. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the kind they also put enough, they'll hit enough current with the jets, you can actually just swim in the middle of it. Mm. Well, I'm waiting for them to call me back for a physical, uh, and I will be addressing my increasingly painful joints. So You'd be like, I believe you called me about my pool. What is your verdict? <laughs> what is your answer on the pool, please? Dear physical therapy, I need this in writing. Yeah. I've seen it happen. I mean, why not? I mean, jacuzzis are cool. And uh, sorry if I get distracted. I'm I'm keeping an eye on uh, the other person at work today. Oh, that's right. Denise is Mr. Manager now. I am not Mr. Manager. Mr. It's, manager. It's, it's just it's just manager. It's 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 okay, Mr. Manager. <laughs> Man, you just can't get out of, you can't get away from lead roles no matter what you're doing. Role-playing games, part-time jobs, doesn't matter. I know. I blame Nat. So we were actually talking before you showed up about this very thing that uh, responsibility has less to do with what job that you have and what you bring to the job. Like people who are going to be responsible can be responsible whether they're just digging ditches or if they're Burning witches? No, that's that wasn't where right. I was going to go. We're riding that. in the back of my Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So apparently, I just have a face that says, "Give me all of the responsibility." No, I don't think it's that they're giving it to you. You just look around, see that it's not being taken, and you don't know how to do anything else but do that. Yeah, I know. And Why can't because I... in a because inefficiency annoys you, so you become yes, a leader. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think you're ever going to get a job if you that fresh at an interview ever again. Go see a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> this is my responsibility face. What are you talking about? <clears throat> mm, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, it's not uh, a great face. I'm not going to do that anymore. That's that's, that's my lizard basking on a stone face. <laughs> oh. Very Cardassian. Gonna do the neck. Who do we know who can do the neck? Prime. Prime. Prime can, can do a Cardassian neck. Yeah. And he'll do it on command too, which is kind of great. You can Very be at an event. Superpower. And you could be like at an event or like a dinner and he can be across the room and he go, Prime, Cardassian neck. And he'll just do it. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> this is it was a weird. Really weird tangent. 
so I'm just thinking, oh man, what am I? I don't know. I'm super scatterbrained today. Mm. Um, today. Just well, today. I mean, more than usual. Because like I can't tell if some nights I'm not getting enough sleep or if it's because I'm getting too much sleep, which that doesn't seem possible anymore. Um, no, it's not a thing. I'm finding myself needing a nap at like 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> like I get up, make coffee, make breakfast for Jen and I, and I'm like, I'm going to go lay down for 20 minutes now. <clears throat> what time do you get up in the morning? Uh, I'm usually roused around 6.30. Okay, so 9.30 is still three hours into your day that's a reasonable time to be tired if you get up at 6 30 and do a bunch of things yeah that's true you get up and start doing right you're not just like as a rule yeah i would get wake up and i sit in bed for upwards of 90 minutes well no let's say to a maximum of 90 minutes anywhere between 20 and 90 minutes it depends on the day i'm awake I'm, I check emails, I look at social media, I listen to the news. It's, you know, it's chill. And then I get up and I start my day and, and then it's been, I'm productive the rest of the day. That's true. The way you were kind of talking about how you start your day was getting very strong badish. Like I check out my email, have my and then that made me think of the recut of the Baron Zemo dance damn it uh that was really funny yeah yeah that landed at just the right time when i was uh i was feeling super down when i found that on another discord i was like "Ah, i'm sharing this this is perfection (laughs) it it was better put together than the of the official zemo cut that disney plus released which was yeah. just an hour of the same clip over and over. Mm. The uh, the other beautiful little mini video I saw today. So you that there was the launch of the helicopter on Mars, yeah. successful launch this time. Michael Giacano um, took the footage and he interlaced his start 2009 Star Trek opening theme to it. So the dun 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 dun, dun like I was just taken off. And I'm like, oh, this was everything I needed to see right now. Oh man, he wrote. He's like, I couldn't help it. <laughs> It's kind of wonderful. I think I might have to search that out afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I can show it. All that good stuff. Uh, well, we've got some Falcon and Winter Soldier to be talking about. Episode five. So we got the one episode left. Episode. Penultimate. Oh, are there only six? Um, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. longer episodes, but yeah. And I also found out, well, we'll get into this when I'm talking about it, when we're talking about it more. So I don't want to do it now. Um. But I don't know. First, man, what do we do? Jump into that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer? Mm-hmm. I guess it's to be official, it was a teaser. Yeah, yeah, it Not was a, a full teaser. trailer because it was only two minutes. Do you think they told the cra- do you think they told the uh, Simu that they were gonna release it on his birthday? No, they didn't. Yeah, I think he was legit surprised to wake up to that. <laughs> Based on his reaction, like unless he he was in on it with the PR, right? Which seems unlikely, given their history. Yeah, given how he, given the play interplay that he has had with Marvel Studios on Twitter for the past two and a half years, mm-hmm. it's like it seems more likely that they're like, oh, P- PR just went, yeah, no, tell them it's going to be two weeks. Okay, yeah, 
well, we're going to release it on his birthday and not tell him. Because he, cool. he almost kind of willed his role into that part. He was trying to shame them into hiring him. <laughs> well, he kept calling them out on Twitter. Yeah. About, hey, you have an Asian superhero. I'm an Asian. Let's talk. Right. It's like, it's like look at me. Look at the moves I can do. Here's my resume. I'm it's a tactic. Chief. It it is a tactic, and it and it has and can work. So yeah, and then I'm not week, mad. Yeah, a week before San Diego Comic Con 2019, that's when they went. Hi, so your flight for San Diego is this. Here's where you're staying. Here's this. And it's like I'm sorry. What? Oh, we're announcing that you're Shang Chi at uh, San Diego Comic Con. See you there. Wait, what? <laughs> right. God damn it. Yeah, he just came out and went, I, oh, shit, they called my bluff. <laughs> <clears throat> he's, now think... sharing, he's now sharing fan edits of the posters. Oh, so I'm looking at one that says, funny. Young King and the Legend of Kim's Convenience Store, and every one of the show is in the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. And then someone made Shanghai and the Legend of the Ten Rice. <laughs> and he's just like, he's sharing all of them. He's like, these are making me so happy. Of course he is. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Yeah, the the uh, my first reaction upon watching the the teaser was um, like, "This is fantastic! This looks like yet another movie where everyone is going to go see it." And the first thing out of their mouths will be, "Oh my God, Aquafina was so awesome!" Yeah. I'm already just that that teaser, that end shot of the of the bus. <laughs> We're a good team. God yeah. damn it, kid! Uh, I don't. She's I don't. only trying to think. She's almost in every franchise now. I know there's a few actors that can claim that. So she's Disney, Marvel. Is she in the Star Wars? Not yet. No, not yet. And she's not in the Star Trek. I thought not that yet. she would make a. Um... A good Dr. Afra, because Dr. Afra is very quippy. I could see her. Mm. Yeah, the original casting for that had been um, Chloe Bennett. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about it once. But I, I did I, not know that that casting had already been established. I don't know that, I don't think that it stuck, considering that she's now doing Powerpuff Girls. Mm. Right. Which yeah. I'm still fascinated to see. Um, so she hasn't done a Star War, but has she done a Star Trek? Mm-mm. No. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, on the other hand, is getting closer to the multiple franchise because she has done Star Trek. Right. And she's true. in Shang-Chi. So she's going to be a Marvel. So next next up for her has got to be a Star War. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. I'm trying to think. Who am I thinking of that's been in everything so far? I can't remember now. Not that it's a big deal. There should be a name for it. Like the way there's the EGOT. <laughs> there should be a name for when you've done Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek. And Disney. Um, <clears throat> but you could I just say Marvel the, slash Disney. Yeah, I the, guess so. The one that has the front lead on all of it is... Uh, Son of a bitch. Ming-Na Wen. Okay, right. 
Disney princess, Disney live action, right? Marvel, Star Wars. What does she play in Marvel and Star Wars? She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's Agent Melinda May. Yeah, and then in Star AKA Wars, she's... A.K.A. the Cavalry. <clears throat> gotcha. And then in The Mandalorian, she's the sniper that now has the robot belly. She's Fennec Sham. Right, That's the right. And she's going to be um, Star Wars animated in May because she's in The Bad Batch, as right. well as being <clears throat> the co-star of Boba Fett. Yeah, the book of the book of Boba. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. she was she was Mulan, and then she was in Mulan, the live action. Who right. did she play in the live action? She introduced Mulan to the Emperor at the end of the movie. Mm. I remember being so excited to see Rosalind Chow in Mulan. Mm-hmm. That's it's always you know old school Trek fan. You know it's always nice to see her do. I know. I know she's she stayed. Not, she's pretty. not in a lot of stuff, so not really. I think it seems. I don't know if it's by choice or not. She seems to be very particular about what she does anymore. It kind of is by choice. Uh, so there's that podcast that Cable recommended to us, all the Asians in Star Trek, right? And she's. I think she was like the most recent one they ever did, which was months ago at this point. But you know, she was the last, right. the last episode of season one. Mm, okay, and uh, yeah, she's she's not that into acting. She can yeah. kind of take it or leave it. She's kind of happy, like being being a mom and like just pursuing other interests. She kind of doesn't care that much about having been in Star Trek. Like it's not that big a deal to her. <laughs> no more or less than any, any other acting gig. Like she respects what Star yeah. Trek is and, and yeah, and its place in popular culture. But she's she's a very pragmatic actor. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. It's not, it's not like she's like, ah, fuck that Star Trek stuff. She's just like, she doesn't get all hyped up about it or like get super delved into the universe the way other more modern actors do. And she talked a lot about the fact that there were decisions that she was presented with throughout the series where it's like, do I want a stronger career or do I want to watch my kid grow up? And yeah. each time she <clears throat> went with, I think I'm going to watch my kid grow up. Mm-hmm. It means I'm going to have less time on the show, but she's like, but then that did things like we can give more time with um, Paul Meany and Alexander Siddig to develop that relationship. Right. She's like, so, you know, it, they figured it out. <clears throat> it worked yeah. Out Cause sometimes I'll hear about fans that really don't know the whole story. They'll comment about how, you know, they wrote they wrote Keiko out, and it wasn't fair. And the artist reminded, like, no, she 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 chose not to be. She a chose not regular. to do it. That's why they're always like, "Where's Keiko? Oh, back on Bajor teaching." You know how Keiko is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she be teaching. Anyway, but she, like uh, oh, yeah. a lot of people didn't know that at the time that it was coming out because she didn't talk about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. One could argue that she had the opportunity to, to be the ne- the new gener the next generation's. Um... Oh my god! Oh my god! Original series. She's the biggest deal. I spent like forty minutes over over, over it. Nichelle Nichols. Oh my god! I couldn't get past the N. Um, mm. 
like one could uh, could argue that she had the opportunity to be the next generation's Nichelle Nichols by being, you know, a rep- a different face uh, in the franchise and having a bigger role. But then again, she wasn't actually like a member of Starfleet. She was there as a spouse and who right. knows what they would have done with that character. So. Uh, no, you're right. She wasn't Starfleet Cable, but she did. Yeah. She was on the Enterprise doing something for the. She was she like. She was a civilian scientist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she. Like a contractor. She had a degree yeah. in botany. Right. So, okay, that they could have done a lot with. You know, yeah. Botany comes up a lot in Star Trek. Yeah, because, you know, the other famous Asian in Star Trek was a botanist. I always forget that's how he started. Yep. Was a botanist. Sulu Sulu started off as a science officer. He was a botanist and then moved it. And then for the original pilot, he was a blue shirt. Yeah, it's in the cage when he is like, he's in in the conference room and he's like, botany department's checking in or something like that. Not Mm. the cage. Um, Where no man has gone before. Or no man has gone before. That's right. Yeah, the Gary Mitchell. I, I said original. I, I did mean the second pilot. Yeah, right. I know what you meant. Yeah. Um, and he was, uh, and then they allude to it uh, in a couple early episodes, like the in the man trap, he's in the botany department yeah. playing with a plant. It's a living plant. It's basically someone's hand in a <laughs> puppet with plant things on it. It was things other acting job. Yes. Yeah. But that that's part of his, you know, that's why he's always looking at plants when they go on away missions. Yeah. I also like, it's not officially canon, but a couple of the books reference it. The whole reason why Kirk's into antique weapons that you see in Rathacon is because mm-hmm. Sulu got him hooked on antique weapons. Nice. Is that Sulu's the one who loves like black powder and old swords and stuff. And he got, he got his captain hooked on them. <laughs> he likes all that. He likes the antiques. Flying <clears throat> the Huey. Uh, I just watched Voyage Home a couple of nights ago. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I got used to a Huey. I thought that was last night. Didn't you do that last night? I was last night. See what I mean? Like nothing. There's no it's time. Like you were live tweeting this. I was, man. <laughs> I always like the shit I get when I live tweet Star Trek Five too, because I legit like that movie. I know it's not good, but I like it a lot. <clears throat> and I still want them to do something with Cybok. Damn it. I don't know what. But I want the young adventures of Cybok. Mm. You know, he leaves home pretty early. Just goes out there on adventures. He could be like, you know, I don't know. The Vulcan who laughs kind of thing. I think you're the only one. That's fine. You know what? I will write the stories for myself. <laughs> That's fine. There you go. Um, um, Sack did remind me that Michelle Yeoh, while she's in uh, Shang-Chi, she's was also in another Marvel movie. That's right. She's, she's one of the Ravagers. She's one of the original Ravagers. Yeah. The OG Ravagers. Yeah. With Stallone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. I did too. That role is a little proto Giorgio. A little bit. Um yeah. Giorgio, anyway. <laughs> Um, we keep going away from the trailer, from the teaser. I mean, there's a lot. There's not it. a. There, there's not. There's not, like you pretty <clears throat> much get to see things like the the ten rings symbol behind uh, Tony Leung, yeah, whose character name still like 
I 100% believe that um, Tony Leung is actually playing the Mandarin. Um, oh, I think so. The real Mandarin. Right. Um, but, the, you know, there's Ten Rings symbol that harkens back to the Ten Rings from the original Iron Man. Uh, yeah. There's. I like that they're bracelets, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like, which makes a lot more sense. Way more sense. And you see um, him wearing that when he's walking with the, the young Shang-Chi. Baby Shang-Chi, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it looks like there's a flashback, or at least like, hearing a, you know, I'm going to tell you about your, your ancestors thing. I think it's pretty cool that they're tapping the old, because isn't like the reign of Genghis Khan also kind of tied into Shang-Chi's, like the, the family history of them? I don't. I don't exactly know. It's hard to tell because the like the original lineage of Shang-Chi is that he's the son. In the old pulp novels about Fu Manchu, mm-hmm. um, he always had an unnamed son that was never brought up. Or they bring it up, but he never had a name. And when Marvel had rights to uh, Fu Manchu to write comics about Fu Manchu, in the seventies, um, that's when they they came up with. It's like, oh, we'll make the Shang Chi this original character that will be the the son of Fu Manchu, um, and then eventually they had to f- fix that because they lost the rights, the publishing rights to all the Fu Manchu stories. So they lost all of the characters that they had that came along with that that they had integrated to Shang-Chi's uh, character. It's like, well, now we can't use any of those. Let's rename them. Right. And <clears throat> I know they they, re, they changed his father to some other warlord they'd created and then that, that didn't. That's still the comic canon presently. Right. Um, but He's not uh, fucking. It, it's less uh, um, stereotype uh, or racial stereotype. Yellow peril Fu Manchu character. Right. And the movie has goddamn laser hands or razor hands. Mm-hmm. Razor, one of the razor fist. Ra- one of the weirdest villains in Marvel. Why is he called Razor Fist? Well. <laughs> He's got, a, he's got a razor for a fist. Got two. Mm. The comics, he's got two. Um, I'm fascinated with the the interpretation of Death Dealer. This is not a character I'm familiar with, but when I was looking up the costume design for right. for what he looks like in the comics versus what he looks like in the movie, it's like, oh, that looks real good. Yeah, it uh, it looks really good. Yeah, I got I'm, really excited because um, that character who I, I guess is Razor Fist. I don't know anything about the Shang-Chi <laughs> stuff. Story. Was he a character that had a razor for a fist? Well, it's so quick. I can't, I can't tell. I, I don't see any razors in his fists right now. I've got it open here. It's uh, a sword. It's, a so sword. Qu- it's super quick. And I <clears throat> thought that that was Wes Chatham. 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 From oh. the advance. <laughs> And I was, I'm now I'm sad because it's not. Uh, right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, God, what was it? The other thing I, I really enjoyed, and I'm, I'm guessing this was intentional because I know that Shang-Chi 
in the comic, I know when Marvel did it, they were very acutely aware of like how popular Bruce Lee had become. Mm-hmm. Um, watching uh, when Simu does that pose on the it looks like a Max train of all things, mm-hmm. like the way he holds his position. I mean everything because I'm like this big Bruce Lee dork. Like it's almost move for move the way Bruce Lee when you'd see him spar and like enter the dragon. Like it's the same. Like I, I almost feel like they're like we're gonna blatantly homage a couple of these fights like based off some of Bruce Lee's fights, which is I think is pretty cool. You got all that from that like two second oh no, there's two parts. It's the jacket shrug. It's the yeah, it's yeah, it's the jacket shrug. <laughs> that, exactly. That very specific shrug. It's like that's a Bruce, that's that's a Bruce Leeism. Yeah. It's that cockiness that mm-hmm. yeah that he had. Yeah. It, right, yeah. That might very well be on purpose. I mean, I even mean, the jacket kind of looks like a tracksuit jacket a little bit. So, you know. Like the, the things that, the little bits that I've heard here and there of Simu talking about the character and talking about Bruce Lee and the way other people who've been around him who talked about conversations they've had with him. It's like it, any homages are definitely uh, intentional. Any homages to Bruce Lee. Um, like the in the comics, I am blanking on the name of the guy that created Shang Chi, but the artist that uh, formally, like the there was a, a writer artist team that created them, created Shang Chi, and then later on the artist that came on started drawing Shang Chi <clears throat> as Bruce Lee. Yeah, it was uh, Jim Jim Starlin and Steve Egglehart who created right. Shang Chi. Yeah. But the person who made him uh, started drawing him as Bruce Lee was Paul Glacey. Oh, yeah. That's right. So Paul Glacey is the one that kind of cemented that look for Shang-Chi. Right. He lives in Beaverton. <laughs> he used to live in the West Hills, like just up West Burnside yeah. in those condos there. Yeah. Yep. Like he wandered into the gallery <clears throat> years ago. On a Saturday, it's like, "Hey, I'm Paul Galacy. Um, I, I do comics." I'm like, "Yeah, you. I knew who you were when you said your name, dude. You're Paul right. Galacy. You're Paul Galacy. What are you doing here?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I live here. I do this. And he, here's my book." I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. He's why I. Well, this the uncredited part isn't his fault, um, but he's why I have the uncredited role in Crimson Empire Three. Hmm. because uh, Stradley couldn't remember elements of his own story from the Crimson Empire series. Uh-huh. And they weren't quite sure what to do about it. And Galacy was like, well, don't you have like Aaron Duran working for you? He's like, well, I don't know who that is. He's like, I think he works in one of your stores. Um, he used to be on the show called the Rick Emerson show. Like he knows everything about Star Wars. Um, you should email him. So I actually did a lot of behind the scenes help on Crimson Empire three huh. and uh, thought I was going to get at least a special thanks credit, but it's, you know, it's been years. I don't give a shit anymore. Uh, the answer that I got from Richardson, what I was told was basically, well, he already works for us. So I don't think we need to give him another, anything else for it. We'll have the signing in his store that he manages. 
it's fine. Crimson Empire 3 was awful. Not because of Paul's art. It, wow, I'm just making friends like crazy. It was bad. No, Everyone knows it was bad. Everyone knows everybody, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, that also that, has my favorite signing story. That actually makes a little more sense knowing that he listened to Emerson. Yeah. That actually puts together a lot of Clicks fills in a lot of blanks as yeah. to how he just popped into my gallery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because this would that, have been when I was talking about first Thursday stuff and Yes. Yep. That one hundred percent makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Worked out well? Yeah. No, it's so, he was nice enough. Oh yeah. Paul's great. Yeah. Um but anyway. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's also <laughs> his contribution to uh, the legacy of Shang Chi at Marvel. Right. Um, Man, he's like he's like one of the last of like the old kind of the old school Marvel era. Like mm-hmm. he's the the fast talking you know, like you know dude from the East Coast, still wears mm-hmm. a leather jacket and jeans, still greases the hair back, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm just doing him drawing the funny books. Like he's still kind of got that attitude. <laughs> but he doesn't come across as a horrible racist is like some of his, you know, Starenko? fellow people. Like oh. Starenko. Did I say Starenko? I meant Starenko. I meant Starenko. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can absolutely brook no anti-Asian bullshit anymore. I, so I... I I love Starenko's art, but fuck Starenko. Yeah. He always gave off that vibe of like, you know what? He's got opinions that he hasn't said out loud before. Oh, look, he just said them out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was always a vibe I got off him. Yep. I think my my favorite moment in the, the short teaser was definitely the last action shot of Simus. Where he does the double back fist punch, followed by the double jumping kick. Oh, that was cool. Basically, because you look at it and like, he did that. That was not wire work. That was not green screen. That was not digital effects. He just did that. He did that move. Yeah, you you watch it and it's like, what? Oh. Okay, so you're going to be that kind of martial arts movie. You're still a Marvel movie, but you're going to be that kind of martial arts movie too. Yeah, yeah. Where so, it is about the physicality of the actors and what they can actually do. Right. <clears throat> and so, and what I, do you think? I go ahead. Sorry. Go no. Go ahead. The other thing that had this had me thinking, like mm-hmm. they're whatever phase four and phase five is coming eventually and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're clearly kind of like phasing out the Avengers as we know it. And they're getting us ready for new teams. We're getting the Eternals who technically aren't a team as it were, but so like we've already gotten Easter eggs for young Avengers in both of the TV shows or Mm -hmm. hints about what's to come. So who are the other teams you think? I'm starting to feel like they really are laying the groundwork for uh, Angels of Atlas. It really feels that way. That or I can't imagine him doing heroes for hire. Um, I don't. I don't know how you do that without 
like they have not wanted to acknowledge the Netflix shows. Right. Which is a shame because they are part of it and they are good except for Iron Fist. And, and that is an integral part of Heroes for Hire. Right. Um, Like I wanted, I want their Luke Cage. I want their Misty Knight. Um, I'm I'm kind of bummed they called them the Defenders, because that you could yeah. actually argue that they could pull off Heroes for Hire. Then, yep, it should have been Heroes the, for Hire. Yeah, the Defenders are. I'm I'm sorry, those are not the people I think of when I think of the Defenders. The Defenders are Silver Surfer, Valkyrie, Hulk, and Doctor Strange. Right. Sometimes Namor, and sometimes Namor. <laughs> I think Namor is an asterisk on almost every super team out That's there. That's true. And sometimes Namor. And sometimes Namor. <laughs> Double asterisk, sometimes bad guy. He's the why yes. of, of their I universe. Just, just the Avengers, asterisk, sometimes Namor. Sometimes Namor. X-Men, asterisk, sometimes Namor. Fantastic Four, asterisk, always against Namor. Always against Stu Serum. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's not against her at all. Mm-mm. Now he's playing the long game with Sue Storm. <laughs> Be a shame if Reed had an accident, you know. I actually drowned. saw some <laughs> I saw someone who said, like, okay, hear me out. I do want to revamp the Fantastic Four, but fuck this whole Doctor Doom bullshit. I want the the villain to be Namor. And the struggle the entire time is Reed not losing his wife to Namor, King of the Sea. Right. <laughs> yeah, because because that. it's not it's not like Sue Storm doesn't have an interest either. You know, whenever mm-hmm. she sees all feather feet, she's like, mm, you know what? <laughs> it's like I love Reed, but damn, but I want to do the Submariner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, Reed's a good prov- <laughs> Yeah, Sue Storm has her own has her own like F Mary kill. That's her. That's <laughs> I don't know who her kill is. Probably Doom. 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 It's always Doom. It's always Doom. (laughs) Oh, man. I I did a shout out for this on on Twitter, and I want to give it again um, because I can expound more here than 280 characters. Yeah. So I'm, you guys are familiar with Ronnie Cheng from The Daily Show. Yeah, yeah. He's their Asian correspondent. He's a he's a comedian from Australia uh, by way of Hong Kong, and he's got that very dry deliver, like wide delivery. Oh yeah, wide deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think one of his my favorite stand ups that he was doing. He's like, my wife tells me all the time I have a tone problem (laughs) that I always sound mean or sarcastic, even when I'm being sincere. It's lovely to see you. I'm so glad that you're here. I can't think of anything more exciting than spending time with you. Yeah. And that's his delivery. Um, and so he, he's either playing this very sarcastic character doing his stand up or he's playing characters like he did in, uh, Crazy Rich Asians where he is this complete shit heel. Yeah, he is. So Wait, to... who is he in Crazy Rich Asians? Um, he I'm to picture is... his face in that. And... 
he's one of uh, oh god damn it is he just one of the friends like one of um no he's one of the family he's uh, the he's the oldest brother that is always obsessed with looking right has two kids and but treats them like accessories it's like right until she's like no more because yeah, yeah. the wife is super rich, also like independently no, or from her family. She's she's cousins with him. Okay, okay. Because uh, yeah, he, Ronnie Cheng is a cousin to the lead um, character played by um, Henry no, but, Golding. But isn't he married to a rich woman? Like that's her other thing. Is he's constantly trying to prove that he's the best because no, that, no, that, it's that, a different dude. I I, I picture that, it now. So Henry Golding is the uh, lead, uh, the romantic lead in that. Yeah, and the character that plays his sister is is the has the husband that you guys are talking about. This is a cousin of theirs who is also he has his own money, but right. he's a shitheel. Now I remember. So right. those are always the characters that I see Ronnie Cheng play, and there is a split second shot of him. <laughs> with brightly colored hair, which, <laughs> and he's taking a selfie with uh, Simu and Aquafina, And I'm like, oh my God, did they actually finally cast you against type for a change? <laughs> that that's could be cool. awesome. Yeah, it's great. Like that's when you, when you uh, really have a cast where everybody's Asian, you can really play with uh, who everybody is for a change. Right. And maybe bounce back to Crazy Rich Agents when Ken Long's character is always just making out with his wife in the most inappropriate places. Right. <laughs> He's like, let's go out at the table right here. Yep, that was... They're, they're dirty new money. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm happy that he's, like, his character's name is John John. So it's like, oh yeah, you're just, you're one of their buddies. That's yeah. gonna be cool. Yeah, you're... I don't think he has a huge part, but, you know. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! Norm's right in the text box. They're also clearly leading up to the Thunderbolts, which we can talk about when we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm. Yeah, I don't that's, know anything about that. So, yeah. If you put Zemo on the raft, that's going to end perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, we we we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I think we that's all. A, well, I mean, we can get to it now. I think we've kind of covered the trailer. This seems Let's like see. a good, a good. We've, yeah. Uh, so before we start chatting about uh, this old boat with Sam and Bucky, <laughs> um, we thought it'd be a really good time to give a big shout out and thanks to our sponsors. First up, as always, Bridge City Comics. So if you are interested to catch up on all things Shang Chi, because you know you're like, this man, that movie looks cool, but. Like, I don't know anything about this character. He's not an Avenger. He's not Spider-Man or whatever. Um, then this is the perfect time to go to Bird City Comics and pick up some uh, some trades on Shang-Chi. He's been around for a long time. He's been in different team books. There is a whole bunch of really cool stuff you can start reading. And uh, hopefully Marvel is smart and begins to reprint this stuff quickly. Uh, so, yeah, check him out. Go to Bird City Comics 3725. North Mississippi Avenue here in Portland, Oregon. Um, and, you know, in addition to catching up on, you know, Shang-Chi and the Mandarin and the Ten Rings and, and all that part of Marvel mythology, they have all kinds of other books, too. There's all kinds of stuff happening in comics right now. Uh, fun 
good things. Like the news just dropped about a new Superman title, um, about the son of Kal-El as the new protector of Metropolis, which could be pretty sweet. So if any of these sound interesting, or really even if superheroes aren't your bag, you're like, I like crime or I like horror, uh, Bridge City Comics is going to have it because comics, as always, what we say is a, it is a format and a medium. It is not a genre. So go to Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue here in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like Guardian Games, our longest sponsor, um, 345 Southeast Taylor Street here in Portland, Oregon. They have all kinds of great new games that are in lately. I've been following actually one called um, Thirsty Sword Lesbians, which actually is exactly what it sounds like. But um, but it's a really lovely and charming role-playing game. But what is really interesting about it is the system they use. It's very easy to learn. It has a very flowing combat and social interaction system. Uh, it's very well written. So check it out if you've always been curious about getting into role-playing games. You know, it's weird to say don't let the title not, you know what I mean. Um, you don't have to be a thirsty sword lesbian to enjoy the game, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it has a really interesting mechanic, so definitely check it out. But they have all kinds of board games and role-playing games. Something else they carry that we don't talk a whole lot about is if you are into Gundam models, they have a really good stock of Gundam models at Guardian Games. And Cable just informed us that they got in a whole new shipment of Gundam including one that is a buildable uh, Nissan Cup of Noodles, which I may get. I don't build Gundam, but I do love Cup of Noodles. Uh, I have a weird obsession with that brand. So um, that's to say that no matter what you're into, chances are pretty good Guardian Games are going to have it. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for being such a longtime sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. And then before we get back to it, as always, a big old shout out to Rev Nats of Reverend Nats Hard Cider. If you watch this on YouTube, you saw me uh, sipping and partaking in a Saint Citron. It was quite refreshing. Uh, Reverend Nat has been giving us, loaning us equipment so that the podcast sounds good while we record in our various basements and rooms and offices and whatnot. So a big thanks to Rev Nat of Reverend Nats Hard Cider for keeping us sounding good and feeling good. Yeah, that should do it. Let's get back to the show. This week on This Old Boat, (laughs) (laughs) Sam and Bucky bond while repairing Mm -hmm. a fishing boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Bucky hits on Sam's sister. So the the indicator... She was flirting with him. Oh, no, yeah, no, I know, yeah. She totally started it. She's like, hi, you want a sandwich? You know... It caught my attention, like the fir- like when they first greet each other. I'm like, that was a different pitch in her voice than usual. Even her body language changes. She goes, "Hello, hi, yeah, yeah like, like very, like very nice to meet you." Kind. I of. like how I like how Sam catches it first, and he's like, "What the shit?" <laughs> so here's the thing that this is a callback to Captain America: The First Avenger. Is it? Oh, yeah. All throughout this series, don't call me Bucky. Don't call me Bucky. Don't call me Bucky. No one has earned the right to call him Bucky. Right. Like, you know, even Walker just starts referring to him as Barnes Mm -hmm. after he stole. It's like, you you don't get to call me Bucky. The person who's consistently called him Bucky has been Sam. Right. Because Sam has been putting up with shit long enough. He's like, no, I'm going to call you what I'm going to call you. Right. Yeah. 
Zemo calls him James. Because Zemo is clearly convinced that the two of them are friends. And he's probably right. That that Zemo and Bucky are friends? Yes. I mean, in a, in a weird way. Yes, they they and, are they are friends. They're, he they're not he ha- not friends. Yeah. And point. they haven't he hasn't known anyone longer other than Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but in Captain uh, in Captain America: The First Avenger, what does James Buchanan Barnes do whenever he sees an attractive woman? Hi, I'm Bucky. Yeah, that's, oh shit, that's right. I totally missed that. I forgot I mean, about that. He introduces himself to Peggy Carty. Hi, I'm Bucky, and she completely ignores him. And he's like, "Oh, that's what that feels like." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this I just sat ep- there and went, that, that's 100% how you know when he's flirting, because he tells women to call him Bucky. Right. This was an interesting episode. There's There's been times where the story has felt a little disjointed for me. Like, I've enjoyed episodes, but the story is not clicking on certain levels. And I found out why a few days ago. I didn't realize just how much of this show was like reshot and rewritten because of covid like entire plot points had to be thrown out oh really yeah so i guess also a lot of this episode of the next you're gonna see scenes where they're actually like they're together but they were shot separately because of covid guidelines um apparently the power broker had a much bigger role but they just they couldn't pull it off because of covid stuff um, it was starting to feel like the power broker was just going to be mentioned this entire season and is going to be put on the back burner for a future plot line. Yeah, because I don't think it's Sharon Carter. She She's up to something, though. She is, but she hires Batrock the Lipper. Um, and he's clearly afraid of the power broker. He So he knows who the power broker is. Mm-hmm. And so does she. They, they both know that they've pissed off the power broker. So it doesn't make sense for it to be her. There might have been a time when it was going to be. But again, because mm-hmm. of like storylines getting scrapped. Um, I've actually read that some of the lines are actually like 80 yard in. Like they had to like, they, well, look, we've shot the scene. If we give it new dialogue, we can kind of fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, which explains a lot of like the weird narrative jumps. And I'm like, why are you just now getting back to this? Or why did you drop this? Um, like the entire thing with Julie Louise Dreyfus, that's apparently a pickup shot. She's supposed to, she was supposed to premiere in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to bump her to, to this one. Um, yeah, that was a fun cameo. Yeah, fucking Lady Hydra. I'm just going to call her Lady Hydra, but that's she who she is. Eaten, she has eaten it up. Yeah. Um, oh, that's who the character is. Okay. Yeah, Madam. Yeah, everyone just eventually knows her as Lady Hydra. Um, and since they are clearly kind of hinting at a Hydra resurgence, that kind of tracks. Hmm. Like a much more underground Hydra, not more upfront version. Right. It's like we're going to go back to our roots of hiding in the shadows. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and working with damaged super soldiers. Yep. Um, I really love the scene between Sam and Isaiah mm-hmm. um, because 
I mean, A, they both give amazing performances, but I really like how it was just a two, like two person kind of one camera setup. Cause they could have made that a bigger deal in terms of like visuals. Like they could have shown essentially a, a flashback, but A, it's expensive. And B, you kind of need to see Sam's face acknowledge what he's being told. Mm-hmm. I, I feel very strongly that it is very, very deliberate that each episode has had a five minute, five to 10 minute amazing action scene. And then it is nothing but talking for 40 minutes. Right. Because that's where the actual meat of this show is. Yeah. Like you, you look at the, it, and they did it with the first episode. It's amazing action, aerial action scene. And then it was all talking. Right. For the remaining part of the episode, it was about getting a bank loan and going to therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is being smart about budgetary constraints. You mm-hmm. can't pull off a movie great action scene every single week, Nor and you may, they. and they make it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that during this week's action scene, I literally yelled out when they broke John's arm. <laughs> oh, like, oh, that was brutal. Yeah, I did too. That was nasty. I just, I just yelled "fuck it" to TV. <laughs> Yeah, it was a I, nasty fight. Mm-hmm. There was a time for a split second because it's Bucky who's yanking the arm, right? Twisting it back. Yeah. There was a moment in my head. I'm like, is he going to fucking tear it off? I was like, no, no. This, is still, this is still a Disney show. It's not going to no, be. No, no, no. It was Sam because Sam, Sam is trying to fly. Oh, and he's got the to jet. Get the, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's trying to fly away to rip it off his arm, the shield. So the, the the arm breaking is just an unfortunate consequence of the fact right. that he wouldn't let go. Yeah. They um, had to do something that was at least going to take him down. Take him out mm-hmm. of the equation. Yeah. Um, because at that point, they knew they were fighting a super soldier. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone who's like kind of lost it a little bit. So he... Maybe not kind of lost it, but he has de- he's definitely pushing into that I have nothing left to lose sort mm-hmm. of position in in a in a drama right yeah uh i really enjoyed the scene with um walker speaking to um battles i wish we had the actor the character's name but battle stars family um yeah lamar um, lamar thank you what i liked the most out of it is that lamar's parents um like also they're heartbroken obviously but they also are clearly hurting for john also because Mm -hmm. they saw john as family you know because he essentially was Mm -hmm. but lamar's sister the way that performer the way she played it she was her face said you are so full of shit her face said you got my brother killed yeah and i don't buy that you caught the person who did it either yep yeah no and oh, I think did, it's, he, did he tell them that it was that guy that he killed? Yeah. He told everybody. I, that he told everybody saw. that. Yeah. When it clearly, like they knew it wasn't. Yeah. That was Carly. <clears throat> yeah. Carly's the one that killed one. Lamar. Right. Yeah. I knew, I knew it was Carly. And that's why it was, it, that's that much more egregious that he killed that other dude. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I remember in, in that, or I guess it was last episode, but early on where he, that's what Walker is telling Sam and Bucky. And he's like, you know, that's not true. But I, I forgot, I guess, that he's right. still selling that same story with everybody else. Yeah. Um, I also really appreciate the scene uh, when when Julia Louise Dreyfus's character is on when she kind of makes that appearance. That she essentially tells John, like, you know, your mistake wasn't killing the kite. Your mistake was getting it on camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially saying, like, every single one of the senators on that board in there that just had you discharged and stripped of everything, they actually would be just fine with that if there hadn't have been a fucking camera on you. Like, mm-hmm. that's why they're mad. You made them look bad. Mm. And I love the show and finally they acknowledged. Cover it up. Yeah. I also love that the show finally acknowledged that that shield technically does not belong to the U.S. government. Nope. It is Wakandan. Yep. Yep. It was made with borrowed Wakandan vibranium. Yep. yep. It has never belonged to them. No. Um, which is interesting when I, uh, when Ayo s- says leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read into that. I read into that. Therefore. They're not what they're there for, but I also read into it with her kind of. I, I maybe I might have read too deep into that, but in my head, I imagine her thinking, "It's still, we will give this Western power one more chance to let either the White Wolf or Sam take the shield, and if they screw mm-hmm. it up again, then we're fucking taking it back. Then we'll take it back." Yeah. What's up, Burma? Um, I really the Clay, the ben- mo- uh, Clay Bennett. Clay Bennett played Lamar Hoskins slash Battlestar. You. I, I've been wanting to look that up because, man, I still hold that uh, character-wise, Lamar Hoskins would have made a far better Captain America than uh, uh, John Walker. Right. Based, oh, yeah. on, based on his demeanor and what he was willing to do. He certainly didn't seem to have a, an anger problem. No. Which totally goes back to the conversation between Isaiah and Sam, and Isaiah saying they're never this country's never going to allow a black Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Ah, bullshit! They already did it," blah, 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 and they showed Don Cheadle in Iron Man Two. I'm like, "That's not Captain America." I said, that, I said, "That's Iron Patriot. That is not Captain America." You guys quit just because an Iron Man suit is painted red, white, and blue. It's not Captain America, huh? Iron Man Iron 3. Pa- Iron, yeah, I, uh, Iron Patriot is Iron Man 3. And right. he dropped Iron Patriot. Yeah, everyone forgets that Iron Patriot was not a good guy. Like, in the no, comics. He was, yeah, because he was Norman Osborn. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also that, the well, no, that one, that one was, he did still work for the government, but he only has that suit because of Tony Stark. Because he stole right. it from Tony Stark on behalf of the U.S. government. Mm. Yeah, and just because it's painted red, white, and blue does not make you America's mascot like right. Captain America yeah. was. It's not the same. It, right. It, and again, after the events of Iron Man three, they stripped the paint from that, and he went back to being War Machine. War Machine. Yeah. Because mm. that is, he prefers that na- title better than Iron Patriot. It's more so. honest, to be sure. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which talk about honesty about the military. <laughs> there was nothing false in Walker's speech to that committee. No, no, no that's uh-uh. yeah. I, I, he's he's such a flawed good guy. You know, he he really he really does like believe he's doing things with the, the best of intentions, but like he 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 makes a lot of justifications, and he obviously like lost control mm-hmm. um, with everything that was going on. He was he was he was in an arena that he was not prepared for. Like the, no amount of training was going to put him in the right mindset for no. for dealing with you know super soldier bad guys and. And what happens when your when your friend gets killed? And but at the same time, like he's 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 not wrong. Like everything that he is, and every all of his motivations are are what the government wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Like, I know that he's supposed to be one of the villains of the show, but like, I can't bring myself to to hate the character. I cannot like what he does but I end up having more pity for him than anything. Cause in that speech you gave was it like I did everything you trained me and built me to do. Mm-hmm. And from the st- the standpoint of the story that they're clearly trying to tell with Falcon and Winter Soldier, he's he, that character has to be there and be everything that we don't like to go. I'm sorry. You don't like me. You made me. Yeah. Like, and in, the, I, in that way, like, I'm I not Steve Rogers. I am your Captain America because this is what America represents. The, like, the hero, uh, the hero we deserve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though that's a different franchise. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see him as a a villain. I, yeah, I, I feel bad for him more than anything else. I don't think, I don't think he's a bad guy. He's not trying to do bad things, or he doesn't have ill intent. Um, but you know, then again, that's like the, the modern villain is is designed that way, I guess. Where you know, like they think that that destroying one third of any population is exactly how to prevent more death and destruction. Right there, and there is a logic to it. <laughs> Does it make you less of a villain? There's yeah. actually also a, a a really interesting and kind of sad parallel between Isaiah and John, mm-hmm. in that they are both products of a government and of a military that got exactly what they wanted. Um, one didn't want anyone to know about him, so they locked him away and forgot him. Uh, the other one had the unfortunate thing of doing it on camera, so they made a public display of shaming him for doing exactly what they asked him to do. Mm-hmm. So we basically, we have two vets in their own way that have both been broken by doing exactly what they were trained and ordered to do. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they got that concept from. Hmm. <laughs> right. It. Like it, uh, it's no wonder that I saw someone uh, meme the logo for Falcon it. and Winter Shoulder to post traumatic stress, and the, it's the post traumatic stress and the way we treat our veterans. The one I saw was uh, what was it? Uh, it was uh, the race issues in America. Oh, and that's what the it was, yeah. way we treat Amer- way we treat Americans. Right. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Yeah, uh, that, that's very true. However, you want to put it, it's it's all bad. It's mm-hmm. all bad. Um, um, I did like. I very much liked the fact that we were teased 
with the the uh the uniform in the case the entire episode and still didn't get to see it i loved i yeah. absolutely loved that it's like that was great i don't want to know what it looks like yet <laughs> i'm I guessing no, i was mad i'm like you son of a bitch i'm guessing it's going to be a variant of bucky's cap from the comics you think i think it's going to be a variant of uh imminence you think so Captain, yeah falcon cap foul cap Austin. whatever yeah yeah, where it's the the red, white, and blue with the red wings. Uh, also, you know that we are still getting another Falcon. Because in the comics, Torres becomes the next Falcon. And they hint at it in the show when he says, you want these wings back? Keep them. He did leave him with Torres. He did leave him with Torres, and Torres becomes the Falcon eventually. I didn't I'm sorry, know what that. is this Falcap business? For a while, Sam was Captain America, and he basically merged his Falcon uniform with Captain America. So he had the shield and his wings. It was also kind of the way how they justified how a non-super soldier could be Cap, because his new Falcon outfit was very augmented. It allowed him to kind of go toe-to-toe with super soldiers. Because mm. that was always the big conceit. People got angry, like, look, we love Sam, but like he's not a super soldier. How does he stand up against... You know, a whole swath of Cap's villains. I, I'm sorry. I remember when they made that argument. And to me, that argument was just, we are trying to find a polite way of saying we don't want a black Captain America. Oh, that's exactly what they were it's doing. not a great argument to begin with, because the whole idea had been that, uh, you know, um, what's his face was a prototype for yeah. an entire fleet of, not fleet, you know, <laughs> of super soldiers it you know and it was always about who the guy was uh, for the scientist guy anyway it was always a matter of like choosing the right type of person mm-hmm. not not just you know a good soldier someone who's like physically fit and capable it was about you, right. know, you know their who they were inside and um and there was never meant to be just the one it was just unfortunate things happened and now that and then there was no more serum to make them with right and also, I think by that time in that era of the comics, Steve Rogers had purged the serum from his body. I think during Brubaker's and Eminem's run, or Cassie, sorry. He turned into old man. Well, that was, a, that was something else, but... Was it? Hmm. Yeah. And I, I might be conflating. He's got a long-ass history, so... He does. Comic I, history. So. I just remember old man Rogers because that crossed with when they were doing a uh, a She-Hulk run where she had to represent Cap in court against a, a fifth columnist mm. uh, thing from the 1940s and he was blaming Cap for the death of his brother. So he had to stand trial and the, the uh, prosecuting attorney was Matt Murdock. Oh shit, that's right, I forgot. Yeah. Um, I also really loved the scene at the Sokovia Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, especially between yeah Zemo and and Bucky. James. Um, James. James. Um, the part that I really like is when you know Bucky pulls the gun on him, and Baron's and Zemo's completely ready to accept that. Mm-hmm. But I also think he's ready to accept it because in his mind, that means he still won. That means that the Winter Soldier is still there 
and he's never going to be gone completely. So when Bucky pulls the trigger and goes click, there's a look on Zemo's face that looks like relief. I actually think it's disappointment because that's the first time he thinks, oh, I lost. He beat me. Yep. Okay. And, and but then it, it immediately shifts to, and I could see like, well done. We, you know, well done, Barnes. Kind yeah, of thing. He's, he's very, this iteration of Zemo is one of the strongest villains that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has produced. Yeah. That, like, that Daniel Brohl action. <laughs> I love that guy. Like this, to my mind, that puts him right on par with what they were doing with Loki. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, you, you have longevity and be, the strength of the actor that you hired to play this character makes the character even more interesting. Yeah. Like, not to, like, I'm I'm not shitting on anyone else's performance, but, like. Well, I think it's. Like, you're only going to get so much out of the Red Skull. The Red Skull is a maniacal crazy person who wants to kill people right Um, and i think also loki was the only villain that they had plans for more than one movie for most mm -hmm. of these villains are killed off of the movie they premiere they debut in so you don't get a lot of time to create nuance right you Mm -hmm. know and and there's a lot of nuance with zemo and like Mm -hmm. i don't think that the characters i don't think sam or bucky would have made the growth that they did if they did not have to like end up with days of interaction with Zemo having Zemo go hey look this is just my my personal thesis what is your counter argument to it and they're like fuck I I think I actually have to think about this because this is I can't just punch him right because he he's right so I have to outthink what the problem is yeah um, I, I think having him there it was very clear that he put a voice to the fact that he thinks the only resolution to this is violence. Right. Because Carly has also reached the point where she believes the only resolution to the show is violence. And, and this gets into, I've been thinking about this for days. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get this out of the show. I feel like we, there's the possibility for it. But my hope is that the resolution to all of this, that Sam's resolution to this is a nonviolent resolution. Like, I still completely expect him to kick the shit out of Batrock the Leaper. Like, I want that fight to happen because that's going to be fun. But in order to. Oh, man. Stop- Wings hmm? and leaping. That's just going to yeah. be. Nothing but wire fighting. But uh, in order for Sam to claim the mantle of Captain America, he cannot fight the flag smashers. He has to beat them through nonviolent means that actually work. Like whatever he does and whatever he says has to be so convincing that Carly looks at him and goes, oh, fuck, you're right. You were 100% right. And then not only does he change the course of what the Flag Smashers do, they also voluntarily take accountability for what they've done. Right. And I already feel like we're getting hints that some of the members of the Flag Smashers are already feeling that way. Mm-hmm. They are no. not all cool with what Carly has done. No. Uh, At all. And now they've lost some people. Right. Mm-hmm. 
the one guy, I, I don't remember the character's name, but I remember the actor's name, Desmond Chain, uh, mm-hmm. tall Asian dude with the long hair. Long hair. Yeah. yeah. He, I, I think he's definitely going to be one of the, it's like, oh, you're going to end up in more Marvel movies playing yeah. this character. Um, but I, I do think that looking at the world around us, I need this show to have a nonviolent resolution because we need a nonviolent resolution to fix things here. Right. And if we get a new Captain America that actually gives us the hope that such a thing exists in a show that is currently touching a lot of people, that that's they have an opportunity to do something I don't think that they ever intended to do. No, I think they just wanted to tell a good, like, make some points and have an entertaining show. I also think they have an opportunity to give us hope. I could see a scenario in this last episode where Sam and Bucky have their smag, the flag smashers. Um, face off, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they stop them, whatever. The heroes win the day or whatever. But um, Sam doesn't turn her over to the U.S. government or whatever. Gives her to Barnes and says, get her out of here. The idea being that he's like, hey, we fixed the problem and the government or whatever is going to be like, well, then, then give us the give us the people to punish. He's like, no. But you also don't get them. You know, I see a scenario where Carly is also taken to the raft in Wakanda. Um, the raft isn't in Wakanda. It's not, but it seems like the Wakanda. Well, because the Wakandans took. It's in the Zemo. Atlantic. It's in the Atlantic. Um, which is going to be a problem one day. That's, I, I did. That's where did, Namor hangs out. Yeah. I did get a, a question from a friend who watched the episode and went, wait is Wakanda in charge of the raft now? I'm like, I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. When we last saw it, it was, it wasn't run by shield, but it was run by the governing body that financed shield and adopted the Sokovia accords in the first place. Right. Which is, so it's, it's an international prison with run by and still run by Thunderbolt Ross now. Mm Mm-hmm. But like it would make, which is why it makes sense that the Wakandans would go, we are going to take this international criminal to the international prison that he's going to have a harder time breaking out of versus the one in Germany that he literally walked out of. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but who knows? During the blip, maybe Wakanda did take over managerial roles of the raft. We don't, I mean, we don't know. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's totally viable. That feels that way. Um, but also they, there's no way the Wakandans let the Thunderbolts exist. So maybe there's a weird gray area, but that's the other like interesting potential. I see, you know, Carly gets arrested and she's, taken to the raft and that gives Zemo just months and months to just talk to her and listen to her Mm -hmm. and do that thing that Zemo do 
he already knows that she's radicalized. Yeah. He can chain like he's not above using super soldiers in order to get rid of other superpowered beings so that he goes back to living in a world without superpowered beings. Right. Just I him think, and his cool ass butler. I think that's a an uphill struggle for him. Like that that is a, a Sisyphean task. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Because this particular universe is never going to be rid of super-powered beings. No. So. Hmm. I I don't want to put too many expectations on the last episode. I really don't. I just want to watch it and enjoy it. But Well, man, we're all, in I, the end, it's going to be Mephisto. That would be a twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be kind of hilarious. Like, haha, you thought it. And he, ah! would totally, he would totally break the fourth wall and look at everyone and go, You thought I was going to show up in one division, didn't you? Mm. <laughs> I tried to look it up, but it just says that, you know, Io and the other um, Dora Milaj uh, take, take Zemo to the raft. No, no other details. Yeah. So it, I, it, I think it's because it hasn't been said yet. Like we are still, there is so much that's unsaid about what happened during the blip and who runs what. Right. I mean, I don't think that they necessarily, um, the Wakandans have to have any sort of control or or hand in running the raft to to justify just taking someone there. Like, well, we don't want to bring him back to our place. Fuck it, take him to the raft. He's a criminal. Right. That's but, that. That could be enough. Like it's. I don't think they can because he is, he's an international criminal. Like the crimes that he committed crossed international boundaries. They can't just take him to Wakanda because technically he didn't commit any crimes in Wakanda. Mm -hmm. Right. All the more reason why they wouldn't take him there, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that, that them taking him to the raft is precluded by their, their having any major involvement in its operations. Right. It's just, no, we're just, Operating according to international law. Right. We're not going to murder him. That's that's barbaric. That's barbarous. <laughs> they, like, I like the fact that them showing up to take him away, it's like, oh, okay. You were. N- this was never about revenge. This was justice. Right. I do really. find it interesting when Io tells Bucky, like, you should probably lay low, White Wolf. Mm. Like, and don't come back for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, just to like, you know, you've, you've ruffled some feathers in our country. And clearly the Dora Milaje still are, are totally cool with Bucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those in power right now that maybe aren't. I, I did like that he was still like, I need one more favor. And gets the suit. Gets the suit, it's, yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that seems a reasonable ask for a person who just was literally disarmed by a safeguard that he didn't know existed yeah <laughs> yeah it's like so rude yeah okay, okay. it's funny it's kind of funny i really thought for a split second during that quiet moment um with him speaking to io i really thought he was gonna they were gonna slip in an acknowledgement of chadwick boseman's passing for a split second i really thought he was gonna say i'm really sorry about the king like, I, I don't know why I saw something coming like the way I was like, yeah, it makes sense why they won't, though. They're going to leave that for the second Black Panther movie to acknowledge yeah. it. 
They mentioned his dad. That's, That's true. Because yeah. for a yeah. split second, I thought they were talking about him. Right. No, but, like, oh, but, no, they're talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of threads in this episode that didn't get tied up, but are making the better quilt to drag out this metaphor yeah. more. Mm-hmm. To where, like, I, I, I really hope there's a season two. There's been no be- announcement yet. I, I'm not expecting one. I am expecting all of these, except for what if. I, I am expecting all of these uh, shows to be one and done. Well, there's just no way they wrap up everything in one more episode. Do, does that mean they just leave it for other movies? Did they wrap up everything from WandaVision? They wrapped up her particular story, but they like they put in a cliffhanger. The, there's no resolution on what happened to the Vision. There's no resolution on what happened with uh, Monica Rambeau. Or anyone else in that town. Yeah, but... Yeah, there's no resolution with the, the people of that town. And, and you know that this is not the last time we've seen Agatha. No, but I yeah, feel I'll say, like... Yeah, I'll say Agatha's another loose end. I feel like Falcon Winter Soldier created more plot threads that had to get... And probably, again, because of COVID shit, just got dropped. Sure. You know. M- much the same way with WandaVision. Yeah. Like the the first, what is it? The first seven episodes of WandaVision were shot pre-COVID and the last two episodes were shot during COVID, yeah. which is why they feel different and why they feel suddenly so sparse of people. And I think this one, they only got to shoot like two before they had to get creative. So I, I think they did very well. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm hoping the last episode is a little bit longer, just because you yeah. always want more, you know. I think after the the scene where uh, Isaiah and Sam have their talk, I think that will give Sam everything that he needs to deliver the speech that I expect that he's going to. Like, we're getting a Captain America speech out of Sam in episode six that right. we've had coming for a long time. Yeah. If and you I, run a Google search real quick on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it is listed as a television miniseries, which implies no consecutive or no, right. no subsequent um, seasons. Mm-hmm. I and I also get that like Sam understands why Isaiah is like, why would you want to put on that suit? Why would any self-respecting black man right ever want to put on that suit? But I think Sam's going to come at it from. Isaiah's right because it's it is a rotten tree that was planted and it's only giving you rotten fruit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the suit on and plant a whole new fucking tree. I'm going to tear mm-hmm. this one up from the roots and we're planting a new one. Yep. I am going to give it the hard reset because that's the only way because you can't fix that rotten tree. You can't. And it, that's why it was important they had that speech because he had <laughs> to ask that question. So yeah. Sam could come up with his answer. Right. And that the scenes between him and Bucky when they're practicing with the shield, it's like, oh, yeah, that that 100% needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. That that was the therapy that both of them needed. Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot more <laughs> mileage out of that, uh, that interaction than they did... Uh, in the therapist with the therapist in, in behind closed therapy. doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh man, we didn't even talk about that training montage. It was great. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> the um, whole little chat, like we're not friends. No, we know each other. That's true. We've been through stuff. Yes, we so work together. We work good <laughs> together, but we're not friends. No, never. Partners. <laughs> I love Sam's like. Uh. <laughs> um. I I think the note that I want to touch on uh, again we we discussed on Twitter but uh, I want an on screen in canon in some future piece I want Baron Zemo and Wando Maximoff on screen together interacting because <laughs> the more I think about it it's like he was a fucking Baron she knows who he is she knew who he was before. Right. He didn't know who she was because she was one of the commoners. Right. Why would he know who she was? Yeah. But he was he was fucking rich. Of course she knew who he was. Yeah. Most people in Sokovia probably knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the chat someone is saying they should just give us the Baron and the Witch. <laughs> yeah, that. See, this is Bex's fault. She's the one that started asking questions. <laughs> oh, about, okay. She she was asking questions about Wanda's accent, yeah, which is you know, one of the first. Yeah, which is one of the first things that I noticed. I'm like, wait, why is the? Where's her accent? Well, there it is. Right. Oh, uh, oh my god, Sack just reminded me of one of the best lines in this episode, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why didn't you just use your hand? I'm right-handed. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> Which makes sense. It's like, oh, that's actually probably a good thing that it is his uh, um, non-dominant. Yes. Yeah. Man like, could good. hurt himself otherwise. I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I mean, I suppose a woman could too. Yeah. That's when you really need. That's when you need that that fail safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for next week. See how it all kind of plays out for you sure. Mean this week, this week, yeah. Yeah. I, in my like head, I, I thought. In my head, I went next episode, and that went next week. But yeah. And then after that, no Marvel for a while. But we get the Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have to come up with something else to talk about for like a week. Oh God. Because there's a, a week in between. Let's get Greg and Eat on. <laughs> that would be great. Let's Actually, we're that. about due anyway, aren't we? We should we are. talk to them. Yeah. This will be the first time building character doesn't deal with a core class. Mm-hmm. That's right. It'll have to be subclasses and stuff like that. Mm. It only took us a year and a half to do the first 12 core, the, the core ones. Yeah. yeah. We did it. Yay. <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. But on uh, on that note, I'm I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Benarita, and I am Cable Washington. And we will speak to everyone next week. Dun 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 d
in the madness. Oh, yeah. Geek in the city, the cream of the crop. Yeah.